Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Welcome to Kate's Angle, it's Kate Johansson and today I've got a special interview, the person that helped me essentially launch the From the Ground Up series, giving me access to his Reach Academy students, it is UK wrestler and Reach wrestling owner, Jason King. Jason, thank you for joining. No worries, my friend. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, all good. Yeah, very good, my friend. Yeah. Good. All good. So yeah, first of all, thank you for giving me um, like the access and permission to speak to some of your academy talent. Um, I've really been enjoying that series of highlighting the life of a of a trainee. So today, I get to speak to the person behind all their success so far. That's cool, man. Yeah, no, pleasure's mine. It's been a lot of fun to listen to as well because yeah. it's been really cool to kind of hear what they, what you know, like. How, how they express themselves, yes. you know, because you, I, mean, I, I speak to most of them, you know, every day, you know, but hearing them on a platform like that was really fascinating to, you know, to hear, you know, their, their version of their journey is really yeah. interesting to me. It really did. It, it's been good. So I, I'm, I'm enjoying it, man. <laughs> no, I'm good. enjoying this. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. And for those of you listening, um, the interviews we mentioned are 
the From the Ground Up series with L.A. Taylor, we've got Carl Parker, and we've got Aurora. And as you're listening to this, we'd have also had the episodes with Jackson Shaw and Danny Steele drop. So make sure you check all those out if you haven't so far. Great insight into life of a trainee wrestler, somebody trying to break through and make their dreams a reality. And yeah, everybody has just sang your praises, Jason. Um, I don't think it's a case of let's say good things about the trainer. I think you can tell everybody's really sincere. Um, so that must mean a lot to you as a as a coach. Yeah, it, it does. And I think you picked up a good point there because they know me well enough to know that if they were just kind of brown nosing me, it, it wouldn't fly. Like I wouldn't, I'd probably pull them up and say, don't do that because yeah. I don't need that sort of, we don't, we don't teach that like at our school. <laughs> we don't, yeah. we don't. I've never once said, you know, you've got to say nice things about me and you've got to, you know, they know what's right from wrong. And, and, and I think mostly, I mean, the things I've heard them say are kind of about the, um, you know, how much they enjoy the training and what yeah. they get out, you know, like not just physically, but like mentally as well. Some of them yeah. really do. It's like their, it's like their, you know, their, um, their medicine, you know, yep. <laughs> it's their wrestling. And, and I think it just, it just hearing that is, it's cool. Like for me to have a part in it is 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 fun. It's fun for me. It's 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 nice to know that I help somebody in some way, right? It gives me purpose. Yeah. You know, it gives me a reason to get out of there. If I'm there saying to myself, well, you know, what's today for? And I've got forty students who think, well, there's forty reasons to, to get up and, and bust your ass, you know. So and then like you say, when they when they say nice things, I don't think as you said, it comes from a place of oh coach will tell me off if I don't say because I I, I, I don't, you know, <laughs> they couldn't be further from the truth. But yeah. Like, I, it's it's rewarding for me that they appreciate it. I think yeah. is what I'm trying to say. It's you know, it should it, like you said, it sounds sincere. I think they appreciate, um, you know, the opportunities and the and the training. I think is what they is what I think they you know they they enjoy. Yeah, and I, that's the good thing. Like the amount of bad horror stories you've heard. Um, over the years and even like way back when of different coaches taking um, like taking the piss really with the students not being safe and doing things that would be against even safeguarding or like I said yeah. just not giving them the proper training so for a lot of these first starting out or um, so early in their training career to find reach you can tell you I was speaking to Danny about it and it was a case of you've got to be the best you can be, essentially. Um, you've got to give 110% all the time with reach. You're taking it really serious and giving people that mentality from the beginning of the career. Um, we'll touch upon it later, but I think that's why the Reach Academy uh, has been so successful. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really good. To, uh, really, It's like, I don't think, I wouldn't use the word humbling because we bust yeah. our ass and like we know we're working hard, but it's, it's flattering, I think is the, the word I would use because... It, it makes me feel very good, but it but it makes me feel good in a way that like I, I want to I want to kick on and push on. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it motivates like a, you. Yes, thank you, my friend. That's the word. <laughs> it motivates me. It makes me say, okay, good. It makes me think good. So we're doing the right thing. So let's keep pushing. It's yeah. not a um. It's 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 a culmination of everybody's work, and I think from day one we we ultimately it gets installed very quickly, like from. From day one, there's no, there's a time for laughing, there's a time for playing, and there's a time for messing around, and, and we do all that. But there's also time to go to work because yeah. I think ultimately 
one thing I learned when, when I was young, well, I mean, I'm not a gifted athlete. Like, I'm not a, like, I mean, what, I'm not physically imposing. I'm not, I've got nothing really that, that makes me um, more capable than anybody else at being a professional wrestler. But I just realized from a young age that if I worked harder than everybody else, or at least, at the very least, as, as hard as anyone else, then really I could achieve anything. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we we get in the academy is 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 the feeling that like I can tell if someone's working hard, right? You know, it, it might be that I'm not as fit as you, or I'm not as strong as you, or I'm not as naturally gifted on the microphone as you. But if you're cruising and I'm busting my ass, then as the coach, I'm going to look at the guy who's giving me his everything, or the girl that's giving me her everything, and say, okay, this is the one that wants it, right? Yeah. And I think that's like on day one, we just kind of just from day one, we, we just I, I mean, how can I, I demand it, man? From day one, yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's no room for like, oh, get settled in and and you know, I mean, they learn the ropes, um, you know, physically what we do in the ring and everything. You don't put somebody into a situation that you couldn't physically, you know, where they where they would sink rather than than yeah. swim. But we and you build their training from you know a forward road to a full blown match. But the effort has to be one hundred from day one. You know, yeah. the level of effort has got no reflection on how good a wrestler you are. I mean, your level of effort has got no reflection on how physically fit you are. Your yeah. level of effort is ultimately what you choose to put in. And I think we just we just really hit home quite hard. I mean, you can probably tell by the way I'm speaking. You notice we're, we're all go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're, you know, we're building an empire. You know, an empire needs, you know, pieces, you know, and uh, and Rosefield. And, and that's what our, our guys and girls in the academy are, you know. Yeah, no, 100% passionate. I was a bit similar when I worked with uh, Hull City Football Coaching. You'd have certain people that, again, really fit, really natural um, fitness there, and they'd cruise and they'd maybe laugh at the person that's throwing up. It's like, wait a minute, if that person's throwing up, they've put more effort in than what you've been doing. You can go do a couple more laps so you're like that. Um, So it's good that, uh, again, going back to the Danny interview, he mentioned... It can't be in and out, in and out, just turning up one week, maybe missing a couple and then going. It's you either want this or you don't. And if people want it, you're going to be there to make sure they can get it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we, because we, the reason, I mean, firstly, that's, I love that you can relate to what I'm saying, like about the whole city thing. That's really cool because it, it tells me, you know, exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, you're on the same wavelength, which I think is, is really good. And I think you're spot on. That's like a, a perfect example i mean you can be the fittest in class male or female I, I don't care which like you can be the fittest in class but if you're coming in and only half assing it and I, i'm at that point i'm like then what are you doing here yeah don't, don't waste my time because a spot's got to be filled by somebody that wants it and um i think um i think ultimately um it, it's just a case of I've, I've trained at schools and i've been to schools and i've you know, done extra sessions and seminars and things, and and I've I've seen. I mean, you, for, you know, in in ten fifteen minutes when I start getting the hard cardio going, you can tell. Yeah. You know, within ten minutes, the people that, that want to be a professional wrestler are prepared to buckle down and, and bite the gum shield and get swinging and say, "Let's go, embrace the grind." And then you can tell the people that are kind of saw John Cena or Hulk Hogan and said, "Oh, yeah, I like to be like that." And then when the work <laughs> comes, and they're like. A minute, you know, I, you know, this, I didn't see this side of it, you know, and yeah. uh, I think we just don't, um, because ultimately it's not, we're a business, but we could take anybody's money, 
Yeah. Right? We could take anyone and just say, yeah, everyone come to the school, come to the school. Why would you? It's not fulfilling. I mean, it's not fulfilling if, if somebody comes to the school and, and gives me the, the 50% effort every week. That's, yeah. What's the point? What's the point of me wasting my time and energy uh, on, on that person who's ultimately not giving back what we put in? I think I'd rather have, you know, 10 people that are incapable, but yeah. trying their ass off than you know three people that were just naturally gifted at everything that didn't want it because if you don't want it it's never really gonna register on the on the on the psychological level that it needs to for wrestling yeah no 100 percent. yeah like genetics and stuff will only get you so far you need the heart and passion behind it no 100 <clears throat> percent. because you can't you, you can never if you can if 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 you can't outwork somebody, if you can't outwork somebody, how do you how do you beat them? How do you stop them? How do you, you know, I want I want the man or woman that shows me they won't quit. That's what I want because that's what I give them and Grayson gives them and we're we're, we're giving as much opportunity as we can because we yeah. like you said about this horror stories earlier. We've been part of some of them <laughs> and we've you know I you know we've got stories like that where you know we've been in situations like that and. I always swore if I had a school, that whole bully mentality and that whole um, some of the bullshit that used to go on in in pro wrestling, there's a there's a place for respect, yeah. and but there's a difference between bullying somebody and respecting somebody. There's a, there's a difference, and two completely different things. And a lot of times I saw bullying when I was first coming up. I mean, I was all right. I mean, I I got the odd bit here and there, but mostly I was pretty pretty safe. Um, but I did see some some nasty stuff, and then. Conversely, I always said, "Well, if I ever have a school, or I ever run a school, why would you? Why would you bully somebody out of, out the door? Why? What? I mean, if anything, you want to give them the as much chance as you. If you're their coach, your job's to protect them and to make yeah. them better and help them see right from wrong. You know, a hundred percent. And I'm glad you mentioned like when you was coming up, you'd seen stuff like that. So moving over to like yourself, like. How did you get started? Like, who was you training first? How did you find it to get settled at a school? Yeah, so we um, so we went to a, a show in Exmouth. Um, yeah. I've told this story a few times. I was working in a supermarket at the time, and uh, it was a, a Monday. It was a show in Exmouth. It was a Monday night, and Billy Gunn was going to be at the show. And it was like a um, obviously a big deal because it's Billy Gunn, right? And I was, yeah. what was I, 18, 18 19, some of that. Okay. And, uh, I, I was going to work at the supermarket and my friend had been nagging me all day saying, you, you, you've got to take the night of work. You've got to. We've got to go to wrestling. We've got to. And I said, mate, I, I need the job. I need money. I can't just go to the show tonight. I'm sorry. And he's, he's hounding me all day. This is your dream, man. This is what we want. So I get in the door of the supermarket and it's a, it's a massive store. And uh, just as I'm walking through the door, he goes, he goes, you're telling me. He says, this is your chance to break into professional wrestling. And you're going to give it up for, for this job. And I said, well, what can I do now? You know, I've got my bloody uniform on. I said, I don't know what you want me to do. So, I thought, you know, and he said to me, this is what I want you to do. He said, why don't you? Um, he said, he said, hide in the toilet. <laughs> right? He said, hide in the toilet. I'll go tell your boss that you're not coming in tonight. 
and that um, he said, "We'll just run." <laughs> this is honest truth. Like he said, "We'll just run up." He said, we'll, he said, "We'll run up the store." He said, "We'll call Mike, who's my brother," and he said, "We'll let him know we are going to wrestling, and you know we'll go watch the show tonight." And I, I said, oh, "The hell with it. Let's do it. Whatever. Let's all right." You know, I mean, I was like twenty. What did I? I was young and dumb. And anyway, he comes to the toilet. He goes, "Jace, I've told your boss." I was like, "Did you really?" He said, "Yeah." He says, "You've got to call in. He doesn't know who I am." And I said, "Fuck this!" And you know, we ran out the store. <laughs> I think we got to. Um, I must have been doing a shift, something like, I don't know, something like 12 till 6 or something where it was like, yeah. ultimately, I would have been in the show. So we get down to Exmouth at about, oh, I don't know, at past 1, 2 o'clock, and we're waiting outside, and this chap turns up with his ring, it was Tebow. Yeah, oh, yeah. We had a Tebow. He turns up um, with his ring, him and a chap, uh, I'll never forget his name, called Gordy, was a mate of T-Bone, so I have not seen him in ever since really this since this story but they turn up and we obviously don't know our ass from our elbow we, you don't know anything you know but we just said um, we're here to do the ring and he said well, what do you mean and we said well we're just we're just here to do the ring he said well who sent you and we said oh we're just trying to you just want to help out and you know he was like i remember t-bone's face he's like looking around thinking someone's planting a camera because he was like <laughs> like he's like who are these kids that want to do a wrestling ring like you know most people we didn't know what doing the ring even was. We just knew, <laughs> right? So he was like, "Fine, come in." And and but, I mean, he still helped. He didn't have to, you know. We could. He could have made us. He could have sat there drinking tea and just directed. But he got involved and he was really forthcoming. Showed us how to do everything and and um <clears throat> like all the wrestlers started turning up and, and the promoter turned up and everything and we we just um we got backstage and the next day was a show in Bournemouth and the day after that was Portsmouth. And ultimately, my, my friend, again, the one who spoke to my boss at Tesco, he said to me, look, why don't you? He said, why don't I ask if we can go with them to Bournemouth? And I was like, well, where the fuck is I didn't know where Bournemouth was. <laughs> I, you know, I said, well, I said, I said well, where's that? My brother said, who cares? Let's go. And I said, well, OK, fine. He said, can we um, can we like ride with you and uh, and do the ring again? And again, we think it's like a big deal, right? Doing ring. Like yeah. now it's like, oh, I got the ring. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he, he's like, are you kidding? And we're like, no, no, we want to come with you and do the ring. And he's like, you want to ride with me and you just want to do the ring. And we're like, yeah. And he's like, okay, fine. <laughs> ride with me. <laughs> so then we jumped in the back of the van. There was three of us. And he's like, uh, there's a seat up front if one of you guys want to sit up the front. And all three of us were like, no, we're riding the back. And he's like, you're all going to ride in the back with the ring. And we're like, yeah, he's like, it's full of metal and wood. It's going to be uncomfortable. But we all had this mentality, like, stick together, you know. I yeah. don't know why, but we just <laughs> – so we all rode to um, wherever it was he lived. I can't remember where he lived, but we all rode back to his place. And then it was to Bournemouth the next day, um, then back to his place again after the show in Bournemouth, and then to Portsmouth. And then we luckily got a lift home from a chap called Chris Andrews, was a wrestler back then. He um, he, he lived in Exeter, so he was able to give us a lift back from Portsmouth. I and mean, we didn't even think about how we were going to get back from Portsmouth. <laughs> on the third day, we had, I didn't know what Portsmouth was, but we just, we just, we were so eager to, to just get involved. Um, and then I think it was maybe three, six months after that, I just had the bug. And I was looking online and found a, a local training school uh, 20 minutes down the road. Um, they were a bit backyard, really, to be honest with you. They, they didn't really know um, wristlock from a wristwatch. Those guys didn't really have who what's going on, but what they knew more than me. So, they, so as far as I was concerned, you know, this was my ticket to the WWE. But <laughs> after two sessions, I was kind of like, yeah, I thought these aren't the guys that I saw with Billy Gunn. And I thought because they're not the guys that I saw with Billy Gunn, maybe this isn't where I need to train. So then I kept contacting Bar City Pro um, yeah. in Portsmouth. 
constantly contacting him. But ultimately, he finally was. I've been emailing him for months, and he was like, "Fine, I'm starting a school. Has it got to be a new school opening in Portsmouth?" So if you can get to Portsmouth uh, and pay me, uh, it was 110 pound a month to train at the school. He said, "If you can pay me 110 pound a month, you can train." And I was like, "Yes, sir." I mean, he could have said to me, he could have said me a thousand pound up front. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I, mean, I didn't have a thousand pound, but I, I would have. You know what I mean? Big yeah. ball steel. Because that's what I wanted. And uh, so I used to travel to Portsmouth. It was like a 300-mile round trip. I did that for nine, ten months. Uh, then I left wrestling for about six years. And uh, I never thought I'd come back. I never thought I'd... I'd I mean, it, to me, wrestling was a, a thing I did when I was 21. Yeah. And I just never... And it was just like an old memory. Do you know what I mean? And it's never something that was ever... I, I think I... I didn't get on with the coach in the end. He's a chap called Tom. He um he's a great wrestler, but I, I wouldn't I don't think at twenty one I was disciplined enough to do as I was told. I mean yeah. that's a factor in it. I mean I have to be honest, all these years later, what am I? I'm gonna be thirty two in, in June. I'm, I'm ten years later, I can admit I probably wasn't disciplined enough, but it wasn't just that. I think he his methods and everything, I don't think I was quite I don't think I quite agreed with everything he he did and the way he perhaps he treated some people I, I i just wasn't i wasn't on that right vibe I don't think. so i mean i went away and again he was more old school um he was a bit more old school, which I, again i, I mean i, I tough upbringing so it, it didn't bother me the, the the toughness and the that sort of thing but i think there was a bit of um perhaps sometimes i just i don't know if we were necessarily on on perhaps the same wavelength um yeah. sometimes and, I, and it just he got to that time and I could feel it myself. I was like, yeah, this isn't, I don't want to, if this is, my mind was telling me, if this is professional wrestling, then you don't want to be part of it. All right, this, uh, it's not something I want to be part of. Many years later, I went and got a job, uh, did all sorts of things uh, in the time I was away from wrestling. And many years later, I, I was working in an office and it was like yeah. my first day and we did like, a, you know, one of those really cringy kind of, <laughs> my name and this is what I do for a living. And, and yeah. one of the questions, an interesting fact about yourself and I said uh, like just as a passing comment I said I used to be a professional wrestler and I sat back down on my seat and everyone was like I mean literally like the whole class was like oh, wrestling no way and getting all excited <laughs> and I've not really thought about it for for years so it's the yeah. craziest thing as I was watching their excitement I was getting excited and I was thinking okay no no people still care about wrestling like people still are interested in wrestling and they're asking me all these questions and for the next you know three four weeks it was constant every day and, and what about this and what about that and how does this work and and i've just i think psychosomatically it was starting to grow again and my, i could feel it in my mind and, and i started to think well, what if like what would you ever wrestle should i wrestle again and, and and i just um found a local school a chap i knew from in the bpw days called dan um and, I, and he had a school in, in Torquay, which was around about oh, 15 miles from where I lived. I mean, if I just traveled 300 miles a week, I mean, the thought of traveling 50 miles for a school to me was nothing. And, and I played sort of poker before that. Um, yeah. I was a sponsored poker. So I was traveling all around the south of England playing poker. So the idea of a 15 mile drive to me was walking a park. So I thought, give it a go. Try one more session. You know, six years later, I think it was. I said, try this one session. If you try and you don't like it, and you've moved on from wrestling, or grown out of it, or whatever the hell I told myself, I said, then never think about it again, move on, and you can tell all those people, yeah, I went back to a session of the day, but I don't like wrestling anymore, and that would be that, but yeah. 
I went that night and I met Grayson Reese for the first night. Now he's like hyper competitive, right? Like he's very like he's very he's very competitive. And and we've told this story before in different podcasts and, and he swears blind that you know it's one way and I swear blind it's the other way. Since it's me telling the story, I'm gonna tell you how I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we we ultimately were doing these drills to blow each other up. It was like the coaches would drop down elite pro drop down elite program yeah. constantly running drills. Then we were doing some like core work where we were like hanging off the ropes, skinning the cat and stuff. And we were like doing like amateur wrestling, like shoot wrestling and everything. And but I just, I remember getting the better of him. And that's the truth, right? <laughs> I got, I mean, I got the better of him. Certainly amateur wrestling because I was fit and I was like, it's not a knock at him, but I mean, I'm, I, you know, I don't mind a little bit of wrestling there. And uh, I just don't think he was as fit as perhaps I was at the time. And yeah. he'll swear blind. That's not how it went. But we were both blown, don't get me wrong. Like, make no mistake, we were both blown. All I'm saying is, I, I got the better of him. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Okay. Right? So that's, that's my version. But ultimately, the point was, he was really good. Like, even at that stage. And yeah. and I, I was like, God damn, this, this kid's good. You know, like, who's this guy? Like, he's decent. And because he was good on that first night and really pushed me, blew me up, gave me a bit of a, a bit of idea here and there, like that lit a fire under me to say, like, God damn, and this is that was fun, like that was, and it just it just made me think, like, I want another go, I want another go, and another go, and um, we would talk on the phone within about the first month, we were super close, and we just used to yeah. talk nearly every day, nearly, and just we just loved wrestling. Just absolutely love professional wrestling, and we just talked about everything. And and uh, I, I say all the time, if it wasn't for him being there that night, I, I wouldn't be in wrestling now. Because if I hadn't had him whooping my ass and and really, you know, making me work, and, yeah. and you know, if I didn't have that, I probably wouldn't have gone back. Because my I wouldn't have wanted to go back the second time, um, two days later to to really have another go, to really have another go at getting getting in there and bumping around and, you know, and, and that kind of thing, you know. So I credit him really for uh, me being here now in wrestling. I wouldn't be here if he hadn't, um, hadn't done that. So. Wow. So what was it like when you had your first match then? You'd been doing the training, you're getting in front of a live crowd, especially when you'd start, you came back and started wrestling with Grayson. What was that first match like? You were the first one when I played before or the first one when I came back? The first one when you came back to where you're thinking, right, is this still for me? By that point, I was hooked. And we had a good group of guys and girls um, down in the dungeon at Talkie Wrestling. We used to call it the dungeon. It, used to come, it was like an old building that used to be like a letting agents. And the, the, the coach had bought the building. So you'd go through the, the front door and you'd walk down and it'd be pitch black. And you'd walk down the steps and you'd just hear from like down. You'd hear all the, all the bumping around and you'd hear all the noises coming from the ring. And you just hear like boom, boom, and laughing and shouting and and selling noises and, and you just you were just like oh fuck <laughs> you know and uh, you walk down the stairs and you there's a little outside part you got to walk through and sometimes it'd be like lashing down the rain and you'd walk outside and there'd be all this like it wasn't a very well kept building but and the outside part was quite run down but yeah. it looked quite dark and gloomy and you'd walk through those doors and there you'd see the ring. And like it just, we called it the dungeon. And um, I just knew, sort of, I knew I was like, we like, there was something about that place that was special. We had a yeah. real good class of guys, and we just, um, 
a real good camaraderie. And it was almost military. You know, the, the level of sort of, I guess, camaraderie we had and, and respect and, uh, for each other. You know, I met Grayson Reeves there and, and Blake Harrison. Um, John Aubrey was our MC. Yeah, and the list goes on. I met loads of, you know, guys and girls that, from that school. Um, but we just... I knew at that point, I was like, yeah, I'm back. And this is, it was a different feeling than when I trained before with, uh, in Portsmouth. This yeah. felt right. This felt like I was mature enough to adopt what professional wrestling was supposed to be. The respect yeah. side of things and perhaps the, I mean, the work of it. And I think at 27, I was a different man than I was at 21. I was a very different man. And I just realized okay if i'm going to be successful at wrestling it requires a lot more than just those 15 minutes they give me in a match it requires yeah. the other 23 hours and 45 minutes of a day it requires me to be a professional in those moments too and by the time i came back out my first match um the boss says there's a show sunday everybody um i'd like you all to be there to help out and i turned up in like a gray pair of adidas trousers and like bright red night trainers <laughs> and like a red vest because i was just like chilled out right i was just like the show's at the dungeon. I'm just coming to help, like, um, help the younger guys put matches together, I guess, because I was probably one of the more experienced guys. <clears throat> Excuse me, one of the more experienced guys at that point. And I uh, I was just like, cool. It's like the summertime. It was like June. And so I was like wearing my vest and trackies. And, and I was chill, right? I was just like, oh, I can't wait to see some live wrestling. This would be so cool. I mean, I had no idea, you know. I walked through the door and he goes, oh, Jace, you're here. I was like, yeah, sorry, boss, sorry, I'm late. You know, like, and he's like, no, no, it's fine. Um, you're wrestling the Willie Win. And I was like, beg pardon? And he, <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, wrestling Willie. Willie will be here in a minute. Um, he goes, he might even be upstairs getting changed. He's like, oh, you're over. And I was like, so, what, pardon? What did you say? What? And he goes, is that all right? I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I walk out the door thinking, did he just fucking say, like, and I was like, <laughs> I've got like a match, like, what an actual match! <laughs> like, and I just um, I just don't think I was. But almost because I had so short time, I mean, I had like two hours. Yeah. So we went and we did like a, it's on YouTube. Like, it's like it. You you'd laugh at it now, you know. But um, me versus Willie, it's like about a five six minute match, maybe. You know, I um, I, I got my heat, and uh, you know, we had a finish and everything, and it just. Went backstage, the boss was happy, I was happy, my opponent was happy, and we just kind of um, kind of came away, sort of saying to myself, like, holy shit, like, you, you did it? Like, you, you're back, I guess? Like, you, you're wrestling again? I mean, it's, and it was a really nice kind of um, deer in the headlights reintroduction, because it was like, get in there and wrestle, go in there and do what you've been practicing, and, and it, you know, see what happens. And I was just like, sink or swim, right? And, yeah. and I've loved it ever since. I mean, like, um, yeah, and here we are, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. So, <laughs> so um, before we got into like what you'd think are your top moments as a competitor, uh, Omega Luke asked me to ask about this Doug Williams match. Can you tell a story about your Doug Williams match? So, let us know about that. <sighs> damn, damn. So, we were <laughs> So, the when I when I first, I didn't even know British wrestling existed. I had no idea. Like, I didn't even know it was a thing. I just knew WWE, and I heard there was some stuff in Japan and Mexico, but I didn't know what they were or where they were. I might have heard of New Japan, but that was, that was it, right? Um, ultimately, outside WWE, there was nothing. And then I got Sky TV, and there was the Total Wrestling Channel, Channel 427. Yeah. So the Total Wrestling Channel. 1PW, FWA, 
Um, you had uh, I, IPW. Yeah, oh god, there were loads. You had a real uh, RQW. Um, you had international showdown that Alex Shane would, would would promote, and I was just like, I was like, who in the hell are these men? Like British wrestlers, and I, I just I, I could not believe. To me, these British wrestlers, Johnny Storm, Jody Fleisch, yeah. um, Alex Shane, Andy Simmons. Uh, Darren Burridge, th- these men were as big to me as John Cena is now because they're on TV and they were wrestlers. Yeah, I didn't know that you know it was like regional, pretty much. You know, like these guys were wrestling north or the wrestling in London, or because we didn't have a lot of wrestling in the south. But the one that stood out to me was Doug Williams. I mean, he, he just he um, I was a different prince. just the way he moved and the way he wrestled. Oh, yeah. I, I watched him and was just like, I watched Bret Hart Shawn Michaels the Iron Man match. That WrestleMania, and when I watched that as a kid, that's where I told myself, "You're going to be a wrestler because you want to be just like those two, larger than life, sort of over the top performance and just incredible athleticism." And I just said, "I want to be like them." And then I, the, the, I didn't feel that really uh, until I saw Doug Williams. After that, you know, years later, I saw that and got that same feeling of just watching him and thinking, "This guy is, uh, is a different class. He's just a different, different level of skill." And and it wasn't just that he was. He appeared to be the best wrestler to me. His overall package was what, just the way he sold and moved and his offense and, and, and everything just, you know, I told him when I saw him, I said, you're the one guy I wanted to wrestle because uh, I said, you, you made everything so believable and just so, so it just looked fierce and it looked intense. And I remember saying it to him and he goes, oh, thanks, cheers. And he walked off. <laughs> and I thought, oh, <laughs> I waited, you know, waited like nine years to say that, didn't you? But um, anyway, so I don't really get nervous in my matches. Um and some people will say, if you don't get nervous, you get out of the business. But I don't agree with that at all because everybody's different. Yeah. Everybody feels different. I tend to get quite excited because I, I think if I'm any good at what I do and the story's good, that w- what we're building, then I'm excited to go out and show the people, you know, our performance, our version of professional wrestling, which is ultimately what we get to do each time we have a match. We get to show them our version of, 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 our, of our art. And... I get excited before I got the curtain and I get all pumped up. You'll often see me behind the curtain talking to myself real loud or, or slapping myself or, you know, it looks like I'm probably taking some, you know, illegal substances to get my mood up, but I don't mm. touch that stuff. I'm just hyped because I'm ready to go out there and, and give it some. When I wrestled Doug, I was the complete opposite. I was shitting my pants <laughs> because <laughs> it, was, it was Doug Williams. And I was just, he was the one, like I... I wanted for so long. He was going to retire. He was about a month away from retiring. And the promoter down in Cornwall, who I did a lot of good work for, Terry Speller, I'll always be grateful to Terry because he called me up when I was at work and told me about the dog match. I remember, like, not shouting down at the phone at him, but I was kind of shouting, but in a good way. <laughs> um, and I couldn't believe it. I put the phone down and I thought, what's just happened? Like, this is the one you wanted and it's coming in six weeks now. It's, you know, official. And when I saw that later that day, they put the poster out. And I remember thinking, like, it's no going back now. Like, this is what you work for for, you know, all these years. And this is what you, this was your chance now as Jason King, the character, to show, again, your version of our art against the one that I believe is, sits on the top of the mountain above the rest. And I wanted to show that I could hang with him and, 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 and look convincing with him. That confidence all went out the window when I saw him. And shook his hand, started putting him and he'd be like, he'd be like, so um, you got like um, something a way to cut me off, and I'd be like, ah, oh um, I usually oh god um, and he's you could tell he's like, oh this guy is not very you know, and I'd say something like, I, I can break your eye, and he'd go, 
all right, yeah, all right, if you want to do that then. And I'm like, oh, is that no good? <laughs> I'm panicking like hell, you know, my heart's going. <laughs> it's like, I wish looking back, I could have just relaxed and said, Jace, he's, he's, if it, you know, he's that good. He's going to take care of you. Yeah. You know, but I just couldn't get myself calm, you know. So I, um, the match starts, we lock up and throws me in the corner. Then we lock up a second time and I throw him in the corner. And then the third time we go in for the lock up. And I, and I, till this day, I don't know. I think I, I must have headbutted him because I just go boom. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, I, the refs pulled me back and I've hit Doug with some force because. I don't know if I saw red or what what happened. I, I the mood took me. I really don't know, but but he. I mean, he's bleeding from the nose. He's got some old scar tissue on his nose, and I mean, this is coming down, man. Like we're pouring water. I mean, the visual was incredible. <laughs> if he wasn't retiring and he could have came back after that, we we had from that image of the blood pissing out of his nose. You know, I mean, I jumped out the ring to give him time to get tissue and everything and sell. You know what I just done, yeah. but I was trying to sell like really angry. But if you see my face, I'm almost crying <laughs> because <laughs> I waited for me to wrestle Doug. And what have I done in 30 seconds? Then butted him and nearly broke his nose. I mean, you can see me outside the ring. I do not look like a convincing heel. Uh, at this point, <laughs> I look like I'm about to cry. I'm walking around outside going, what have you done? What have you done? You've ruined it. All the thoughts are going through my head. I was thinking about going backstage, getting in the car, driving home in my pants, just going, the hell with this, I quit. I quit wrestling. I'm done. You know, I thought I can't do this no more. And he's kind of like signaling to get tissue and it's getting worse because nobody was getting him tissue. And then someone gave him like one strip of tissue. And I mean, the blood is all down his chest and everything. And and I was thinking, oh God, someone just give him a towel, give him something. Went on for about probably 30 seconds, maybe more. Seemed like it was gone on for 10 minutes. You know, and I just, the longer I was on the outside of the ring, I kept sort of jokingly getting back in the ring and getting back out and being like, oh God, I can't really get in until he's until he's cleaned up. You know, it just, it, it was a shambles. I mean, the match itself was brilliant. And it made a great visual when he sat on the ropes and I popped in between the eyes and, you know, the blood's coming in and the fans were really, you know, bought it and everything. And, and uh, But I got backstage and again, I, I'm not a, um, you know, I'm not running for a minute. I'm not, shy you know i'm quite yeah. open with you know, but but i felt timid i have to be honest going back there because i thought you're about to get a grilling from a man you respect probably as much as anybody in it, you know and it was just like i just felt like a kid i was like god damn you're about to get towed off you know and i was really like but i felt guilty and i felt bad and i felt the performance on my part i was like i couldn't separate and say no the match was good it's just an action i couldn't see it at that time as yeah. it was an accident that could have happened to anyone i saw it as you know, you you fucked up, you messed up on your you, it was a big chance against Doug and you messed up and you you know and I went to speak to him and he said, just let me clean myself up. He said and we'll uh, you know and I sat down to talk to him and I thought, here comes the grilling, you know, like and I just felt, oh, this is gonna be your reminder that you ain't what you thought you were. And he started sort of smiling and laughing and said, Cool, what happened there, you know? And, and I thought, mm. What? Pardon? Like, huh? And I said, well, you? I said, I'm so, so sorry about the nose dog. I said that. He said, Ah, oh, don't worry about it. And he pulls out his his like like a gum shield, like mouthpiece, man, yeah. with like four teeth missing. And he goes, yeah, I had these not got a progress. He said, it happens, man. Don't worry about it. You know? Yeah. And, and <laughs> I just, I instant, instant release. I mean, I, I became so relaxed and as far as I didn't fart. You know what I mean? Like I just, <laughs> I just, all the, all the tension just came out of me and I was just like, oh God, thank you. And we talked about the match and he said like, yeah, no, he, he was putting on his Twitter, you know? Um, and I spoke to his, his, his partner six weeks ago uh, yeah. and I she said um, she said uh, 
I use my Facebook for advertising reach, so I add a lot of people. Anyone that's wrestling related, I'll tend to add on my Facebook to, to you know, make reach, to get yeah, the reach yeah. message out there. And, and I, I added her, like, not knowing who she was, but I, I knew she was something wrestling related because I saw, like, wrestling posts on her page or something. So I thought, oh, you know, I'll add her, and she's someone wrestling related. And she um she said, do we know each other? I said, oh, I saw you're into wrestling. Before I could finish the message, she goes, ah, I see you wrestled Doug and broke his nose. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I said... <laughs> That's his, that's his partner and we had a chat about it you know and she said um she's uh, we're talking about it and, and uh, this is years later so i can look back at the match removed from it and say do you know what it was a really really cool experience the match was really good in the in the and the blood really added to the to the moment yeah. you know if he wasn't returning we really could have we really could have built something on that you know we really could have and um and i said to her you know I really enjoyed the match and it was a good match. It was just really unfortunate what occurred. And she, she said, I'm with Doug now. And, you know, he's laughing about it. He said, it's a really good story. You can tell people now you can look back and laugh. And it, it kind of made me feel like, you know what? Don't carry a burden. I mean, it's one accidental web, but it could happen to any, I mean, how many times do we all injure each other accidentally in the yeah. ring and everything, you know, but I just, I think because I looked up to him so much and held him in such a high regard, still do in such a high regard that I just felt, terrible about what had occurred but you know again he put me at ease and said you know you had a you had a good time like it was a good match we got the crowd just laugh about it you know and that was uh that was my 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 uh unfortunate incident <laughs> uh, so before we get to reach uh you used to wrestle with pwa down in plymouth where you was um i think with adam flint the king's court tag team champions what happened with like pwa because i know You'd the company had closed as yourselves as tag team champions. I think in one of your last matches, it involved the UK hooligans that um, they they hit hard. They they hit hard. Like, tell us a bit about like your time at PWA and being in the ring with uh, Zach and Roy. So, so um, the PWA they they were lovely on the outside, um, but unfortunately they had problems. Uh, on the business side of things that ultimately couldn't be overcame, which is a bit of a shame because they yeah. sometimes they did good numbers and they and they did do very well. And I loved working in Plymouth and I and I loved working for PWA. Um but I'm grateful for all that PWA gave me because had they not have given me the opportunities to become I guess a name in, in, in the scene in the south of England, uh, if they, they were one of the, the catalysts <clears throat> yeah. to really give Jason King his his chance to blossom, if you will. Um, uh, and Adam Flint's one of the best friends in the world, one of them, you know, and uh, me and him used to travel the road together and, and you know, the South and just, and just you know, I had such a great time being tag partners with him and and uh, it just really was just well, some of the best fun I ever had. You know, we, we, we just were over. We just... We got over from our work and our, and our performance and everything and we wrestled some good teams. You know, we wrestled two lads who were called back then, uh, they were called the Renegades, and now yeah. they're called Sid Oakley and and Oakley and McLeod. Uh, Oakley and McLeod, they were called. Craig McLeod yeah. and Craig Oakley at the time. Um, good boys they were, and we just, we had just started to get into it. They were the first team we got a real good story with, and, and uh, we they were brought in to wrestle us, and I said, no, listen, I said, have them beat us tonight. I remember saying, like, one of the that, it's a shame because it's one of the last sort of nights. I said, have them beat us. I said, so that when we next wrestle, 
people for the titles, people will assume, oh, the King's Court are going to win the rematch. So to have them go over us dirty and, and three months away was the, the anniversary show. I said, well, have a ladder match. Have us take them, you know, take the boats back and the big anniversary for the big payoff. And we all loved it. And I was trying to help them really get them on the map down here because they were good lads. We love working with plans changed slightly and we kept the boats. But instead, they brought in the hooligans, which, to be honest, in retrospective, was not a bad thing. Um, now, I'm good friends with Roy. Roy yeah. Knight, he's a, a good, good friend of mine. And uh, I went and saw him about oh, just before the lockdown. I think it was yeah. pretty much the weekend before the lockdown. I was up there hanging out with Roy and everything and um, seeing his dad, Ricky, and, and the family up there. And, and back then, this is where we met, you see. That, um, but I mean, I'd been to Norwich once before. Or I became good friends with Roy before. But this was the first time we'd, we'd wrestled. And they just... You want to talk really... I mean, I thought I was good at that point. And I think I would, at that point, I would say I was a good professional wrestler, but I was not a great professional wrestler and I was not a world-class professional wrestler. And if I thought I was, I was definitely proven wrong. So any <laughs> ego that I thought I might have had at the time was was taken away. And they didn't do it in a, in a whoop my ass way. They just did it being themselves. There were moments in that match where I really did feel like I was behind playing yeah. catch up and and living in the moments as I would hear the crowd. And I just, it was a, a wonderful feeling to be reminded, you know, there's another tier, another few tiers in this game, kid. Like, it was a really cool learning experience for me. And uh, it was humbling for me to, to be in there with, with two guys that are just different level of crap. I mean, we all t- Roy is the, Roy might be the best in the country. Roy, honestly, a singles wrestler. I mean, his conditioning alone at 40, I think he is now, is, is just, I mean, it's no one's ever blown him up. I said, mate, he, but he trains like an animal. I mean, he drinks like, I love to go drinking with him, but <laughs> he, he, he trains as hard as he drinks. You know, so he, this, you know, he, he, he's brilliant. He, and, but Zach is 18 stone at that point when we wrestled. And I'll tell you something, Zach did a moonsault on me. And when he was coming down, I thought, and I'm 12 and a half stone. And I thought, oh, here we go. Like, this is going to hurt. And then he hit me. And I forgot to sell because he was so light. You know, when he hit me on that moonsault. Mm. And I just, uh, for a split second, I was like, wow. Then I was like, no, not wow. You're in a match. You know, do what's required of you. Um, but they were just pros, just absolute pros like, the whole time. And, you know, they hit hard. I mean, I hit Zach hard. I went right after him. Boom. You know, I, I popped him one and I gave him a big chop bang. And he chopped me back. Boom. And he said, chop me again. Because I was, you know, baby face. He wanted me to, you know. So I came back. Boom. And, and just, they were so giving. They, yeah. they recognized that we were like the, me and Flint were the baby faces. They recognized that we needed to get our stuff in as much as they needed to get their stuff in. And even the Renegades to get their heat. You know, they just really, they really um, understood how to, the way to make that match. They really, really did know how to put it together so that everybody came out of that better than they went in. And I think that's that's a that's a real pro. Because it would have been easy for them to just come down and say, we'll do this, 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 and that'll be that. But they didn't. Yeah. They came in and said, let's make that there and you get some of this and we'll find that. And, and, and you know, we've got standing ovation at the end. It's the first standing ovation I've seen in, in Plymouth up to that point. Um, I've seen like two since... But it was the, the, the first time I'd seen a standing ovation, uh, you know, um, and it just just being in the ring, shaking their hands and and uh, watching the crowd. And I was looking at the crowd and I was thinking, we've just been part of something really, really special, uh, yeah. you know, in, in Plymouth, you know, and, and, and I just it just takes it. it it's uh, um, 
when you love professional wrestling, when you love anything, you know, when you're part of something you love, it's, you know, it's the best feeling in the world. And, and just to be part of something that, that special and that felt that good was really rewarding. You just, you, those moments will live forever. You know, you can replay them in your mind. Over and I just wish we had more. I mean, PWA weren't so organised with things like footage. and Because um, I would have loved to, I could watch that match, you know, once every couple of months, I could probably sit yeah. down and watch it. Just, uh, just an art, you know. To, it just really was a very, very rewarding experience, mate. It really was. Yeah. Now, Roy's probably one of my favourite people that I talk to in wrestling as well. Uh, such a gen. I think I saw him a couple of days before you was in Norwich, actually, when he was in Grimsby. And, oh. yeah, he had a match with his lad, RKJ. And, again, yeah. both of them just going... Balls to the walls, essentially, and Roy ended up doing a great speech afterwards, like advocating mental health and things That's like that. Great. So, yeah, I advise anybody to reach out to Roy, check out his book as well, which um, openly talks about all his troubles. And I'm with you in the ring, like it's you'd it'd be hard to argue if there's somebody better at the moment. Like he's incredible. Yeah, I think you spot on. You just said something really good there about the mental health thing as well, mate. And and he he really he really um, I mean he he wants to open his own depression center. You know, he's he's, yeah. he's selling books to make money. And I tell you something, he doesn't really he wouldn't want us to. I know what he's like. He he wouldn't want us to praise him because he he doesn't ever want people to think he's doing it for any. It's not an eagle thing at all. He really genuinely, as you said, he wants to help you. Re, like you said perfectly, reach out to him. He, he's he's an ear for anybody. He's honestly so so giving and so forthcoming. And he he um, it's and it's done because he he wants to help you. I mean, to genuinely want to go out of his way to help people that are suffering. You know, he it really is. It it when I'm around him and I'm talking to him, it makes me look in the mirror and say, okay, well, how much are you doing, Jace? What are you doing to to help other people? And it kind of makes me feel a little bit like, you know what? It's, he's a a really good. A really good man. I mean, he really is a good man, honestly. He's a good friend of mine, and I really do like and I care for very much and I respect. I can't say enough good about him, you know. And it's, it's yeah. good, like you said, you know, you've seen him yourself, you know, away from, you know, my my experiences with him. And you know, as you said, you know, he's gone out of his way again to, to put all the mental health and the struggles and things. I mean, it's just really, he is a very good man. I can't say enough good about him, mate. Honestly. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Is that somebody you'd want to do business with in the future? Then you just mentioned it's a match that you'd really like to watch back. Um, obviously, you went down to WAW, you took Echo and LA, which we'll get into as well. Um, but would you like to see him in Reach's tag division or um, you go down at WAW? Yes, I would, I'd love to wrestle him. WAW for me to wrestle him. I'd have to, have a, I'd have to be up there a little while because I think I'd need to build myself in the eyes of their local fans a little bit yeah. i have to get a little in so that i could if i was there for a little while if i had time to go there for a month or so to, to really start building that which i know i could do with him like no doubt um but i think for it to be believable um and to make as much money as we could make um for waw i would need time to because he's he's he's, he's extremely popular um in waw and uh, I can be extremely unpopular. It's no problem. So, like, I, like I would really like. To, he's a guy I would love to, to, to work with in that fashion. And and the other thing, of course, is we can bring him down here. I mean, we tried to get him down before, but we yeah. um weren't going to get him because of the movie premiere that he had come out. It fell on the same weekend. 
so he wasn't able to he wasn't able to get down. It yeah. kind of just fell. We we booked him and he was all good, and then they changed the date of the movie premiere. So <laughs> it was just um, just bad timing, really. And we never really got the chance to to bring him down since because of the yeah. way certain, certain business was was going and everything. And but yeah, I'd love to wrestle Rory. I mean, he like you said, he's by RKJ. A different class, and he that lad. I mean, he's he's unbelievable as well. He, I mean, he just he can do anything. He's uh, ridiculous. He's like, yeah, mate. He, I mean, he's like. I heard William Regal once, right? He said um, about Randy Orton. He said to him, "How do you do this stuff?" And Randy Orton said, "I don't know. I just I just do it really." And Regal said, "Well, can you do I don't know X Y Z?" And he said, "Yeah, I'll show you." And he did it. And, and Regal's like, "You can do anything." And Orton said, can I? You know, I didn't even really know how good he was at the time. You know, I think RKJ is a little bit like that. I mean, he's, he, he could be cocky. You know, he won't mind me saying that, you know. Yeah. But uh, but I don't even think he knows how good he can be because he's so he's come from good blood, you know, yeah. in, in wrestling terms, you know. And I think he um he's one that I mean, he, he's going all the way. And he, do you know what I mean? He's yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. You know, no, no questions asked. And good luck to him because he's dedicated his life. You know, his his, his life to to his wrestling. You know, yeah. also good luck. You know, yeah, him, him, him and Rory. I'd love to get both down. And Julia, um, Soraya Knight. You yeah. know, she'd be another one. And we'd want to get involved with get the girls in with her. Yeah, for sure. And that was part one of my interview with Jason King. Make sure you subscribe to Kets Angle Pod and Cheshot Radio Network so you do not miss out on part two where we talk about reach wrestling how that came to be and the growth it's had in two years and also the reach academy and how that's bringing out some fantastic stars at the moment which you can listen to on my from the ground up series where i've done various interviews with the reach academy students also coming up in the coming weeks with kurt's angle pod i've got a part one and part two of my interview with the english lion eddie ryan and we will be having an interview with one of the brightest talents to ever come from the UK in Joel Redman. Thank you for listening. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.